Old powers waken, shadows stir, an age of wonder and terror will soon be upon us, an age for gods and heroes. The glass candles are burning, and you're listening to the Obsidian Knights Podcast. Hello, my sweet summer children. I'm back with the juice to get you through the long night. And on today's episode of the Obsidian Nights podcast, where we go through A Song of Ice and Fire, chapter by chapter, we are at a milestone for Obsidian Nights. And this is the last chapter for Eddard Stark. And I'm joined today by Mitch. Mitch, would you like to let the people know who you are and where they can find you? Uh, hi, I'm Mitch. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Money Making Mitch. Uh, I'm just a fan of the books, I guess. Awesome. So um, the chapter starts off and it says, The straw on the floor stank of urine. There was no window, no bed, not even a slop bucket. He remembered walls of pale red stone, festooned with patches of nitri, a gray door of splintered wood, four inches thick and studded with iron. He had seen them briefly, a quick glimpse as they shoved him inside. Once the door had slammed shut, he had seen no more. The dark was absolute. He had as well been blind or dead, buried with his king. So this chapter is Ned Stark in the dungeons of the Red Keep and the dungeons of the Red Keep are like the creepiest place to be. And it's like the way it's described throughout this chapter, it's it's absolutely fucking miserable. I wouldn't want to be there. Like he doesn't he has to basically poop and pee on himself. He doesn't get anything to drink. He doesn't get anything to eat. Like he's just in there. Like I don't even think they care. I mean they gotta care if he lives or dies, but it doesn't seem like it, at least to me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think they want, I think Cersei need him to live because they need him to say that Joffrey is the rightful heir. So I think mm-hmm. that's the only reason Cersei want him to live, but yeah, I think they just trying to break him right now, like, by not feeding him and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like some torture. Kind of like how, like, today, like, if you were arrested, they might, like, like, I know, I I watch a lot of First 48. (laughs) So I've seen seen them. I was going to go jail, too. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen them, like, just straight put people in a room and, like, it's cold in there. They'll have their arms inside their shirts, like, freezing cold. Like, they just want to get out of that room. So they'll, like, do whatever just to get out of that place. So it, it lots of times it leads to them like confessing to stuff. Yeah. So like um like at the beginning he said he just was like sleeping, like it, it was just he, he was closing his eyes, opening his eyes to the same stuff, just sleeping. And like, I don't know if you ever been to jail. I've been to jail before. And it's like you just sitting there, it's just all you can do is sleep. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. like I, I can get that. But it's kinda like what like in um what it was, the uh the uh, Dance of the Dragons when the guy they had tortured him so bad and he was just confessing to anything. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's what they were just basically trying to break his will so he could just say whatever they want him to say. Well, to Ned's credit, I will say that this isn't going to break his will. Like, if they think the dungeons are going to break his will, that's really not what breaks him and gets him to confess. It's more so, well, we'll talk about it when we get there, but yeah. I, I don't feel like it's this. I feel like he's stronger than this. But it, it's interesting, though, because while he's down there, like he thinks of Robert and then he immediately goes to the Crypts of Winterfell. Mm-hmm. And the Crypts is a very like dungeonous, dark place. Nothing like the dungeons of the Red Keep. But um, he says... He remembered the jest the king had shared in the crypts of Winterfell. As the kings of winter looked on with cold stone eyes, the king eats, Robert had said, and the hand takes the shit. How he laughed, yet he had gotten it wrong. The king dies, Ned Stark thought, and the hand is buried. 
So I would say Ned, poor fucking Ned. Like he got himself in this situation he just by not being as cunning as the people around him or not thinking that people were capable of awful things, even though he knows for a fact people are capable of awful things. He never yeah. really considers it. And it leads to Robert getting killed and it leads to him being placed in the dungeon. If he had went along with Littlefinger, I still think they would have killed him though, or they would have plotted to to like have him removed if he knew Cersei's secret, because Cersei would never trust anybody knowing her secret that she like coming to her and saying, like, I know your fucking secret. I thought Littlefinger's plan was to take take Joffrey from Cersei. Yeah. And put Joffrey, but like put Joffrey on the throne. You can't put any any way you put Joffrey on the throne, everybody's gonna die. <laughs> well, put him well, basically, Ned would be his regent. Ned would rule for him. Joffrey would have chopped Ned head off regardless and brought his mom back. Yeah. I mean, part of why Joffrey does it, I think, is simply just to do it. There's no rhyme or reason behind it other than probably hurting Sansa. Just to be cruel, yeah. Yeah, just to be cruel. Um, so Ned talks about the dungeons under the Red Keep. He said the dungeon was under the Red Keep deeper than he dared imagine. He remembered the old stories about Magor the Cruel who murdered all the masons who labored on his castle so they might never reveal its secrets. So the dungeons of the Red Keep are like there's four levels and the deeper it goes, like the worse the people are. So like at this time, Ned is in these dungeons. There's some other people that we know that are in those same dungeons. Jack and Hagar, Biter and Rourke, which is interesting because we never hear from Ned again after this chapter. So we don't know if he had any interaction with Ned Stark, but I wonder like later when Varys comes down, I wonder if they could overhear that conversation. Like when Varys is like, we don't know where Arya is. She escaped. Yeah. I, I guess depending how far that was all. Yeah, those dungeons always creep me out, especially when we get to dance and like Kyburn's in there doing weird shit to those girls or feast. Like Kyburn's down there torturing those girls and ugh. yeah, yeah. So wait, so Ned Ned is in the black cells. He's not in the regular dungeons. No, I think he's in the black cells. Oh, they cruddy. <laughs> they call them the black cells because you can't see shit. Yeah, it's completely black, and that's what he's describing. I thought he was in the regular sauce. I thought his his cell was just dark. I mean, maybe it doesn't really say. It doesn't really say, but I would think like they say the black cells are for the worst criminals. Yeah, and Ned is accused. Treason. Yeah, yes. Ned is accused of treason. So gotta be horrible. His leg throbbing. Yeah, he has no pain medicine. Yeah. He doesn't know like what like what's going on with his kids it's it's pretty pretty bad so he says he damned them all Littlefinger, Janice Slint and his gold cloaks the queen the kingslayer Pycelle and Varys and Sir Barristan even Lord Renly Robert's own blood who had run when he was needed most yet in the end he blamed himself fool he cried to the darkness thrice damned blind fool Cersei Lannister's face seemed to float before him in the darkness. Her hair was full of sunlight, but there was a mockery in her smile. When you play the Game of Thrones, you win or you die, she whispered. Ned had played and lost, and his men had paid the price of his folly with their life's blood. So, first of all, Littlefinger has betrayed Ned Stark. Janice Slint also betrayed Ned Stark. Um... Cersei did, never betrayed him. <laughs> Cersei just like didn't listen to him. Jamie, like Janice never betrayed him either because Littlefinger said he was going to get Janice for him, but he never talked to Slint himself. But didn't like when he walked in there, didn't like Janice Slint give him like a nod? I mean, <laughs> or say like, we're with you. I feel like he was always Littlefinger, man, like nod to him. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is it was kind of messed up. Um he and then trust, he just trusted everybody. Like that's crazy. You don't know none of these people. Yeah, and he expects people to like be honorable like him. Yeah, and to 
like when he says when he tells when Varys comes there and he tells Varys like you didn't do anything. Well, like, what do you want Barris to do? Like, what do you want these people to do? And like, he's like saying, damn Sir Barrison, like damn Sir Barrison. But like, what, what did Sir Barrison do? Like, you don't even like know what's going on. And I, I, I absolutely don't agree with him when he's like pissed off at Renly because Renly offered him. Yeah, Renly, Renly wanted to take Joffrey. Yeah. Renly wanted, Renly to, take wanted Joffrey. to take Joffrey. And he offered Ned swords, and Ned was like, yeah. I will not dishonor Robert's final hours with so this. You, how, why are you mad at him for getting out of the way before it went down? Like he gave you, he, he gave you, he, he offered you people you needed, and he's like, let's do it now. He's like, no, no, I can't do it like that. I gotta, I gotta show mercy. She got children. Like, oh, man, they want dance on your kids. No mercy. Exactly. Exactly. Like he just, it makes no sense that he's mad at Renly. And then how are you mad at Renly, but you're not mad at Stannis? Like Robert needed, Robert knew that Cersei's kids were bastards and Robert left. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 I mean, and Stannis I think the left. Stannis thing was kind of the same way. Like, what can I do outside of saying that they bastards? You know what I mean? Like, how can I prove it? I think that I think his plan all along. Once he figured it out, once John Iron died, I think his plan was straight: get Edric Storm, prove that he proved that they not the real kids. And I think when he went back to Dragonstone, his wife already had Melisandre there. That changed his whole schemes up. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like he should have told him. He should have fucking told yeah, him and told and let it. And if he didn't believe it, then he didn't believe it. But at least you told him. Like at least you don't but have I mean, to go to your grave Stanley knowing says that. Several times he don't have no love for Robert, so I guess he's like cool. <laughs> <laughs> probably part of him wanted to, wanted him to die so he could become king. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, right, right. All so, that is. Oh, go ahead. I was saying like if all that is like illegitimate, yeah, but yeah. It, then it goes the to him. It goes to him. So he thinks about his daughters. Ned thinks about his daughters. And he's like, you know, I. he wants to cry, but the tears don't even come to him. Um, even now, he was a Stark of Winterfell. And his grief and his rage froze hard inside of him. He's talking about, like, uh, his leg hurting real bad and like not knowing how many days have gone by because he can't see the sun he can't see the moon all of that stuff he thinks about robert a lot while he's down there um and he says he saw the king as he had been in the flower of his youth tall and handsome his great antlered helm on his head his warhammer in hand sitting his horse like a horned god he heard his laughter in the dark saw his eyes blue and clear as the mountain lakes look at us ned Robert said, gods, how did we come to this? You here and me killed by a pig. We won a throne together. I failed you, Robert, Ned thought. He could not say the words. I lied to you, hid the truth. I let them kill you. The king heard him. You stiff-necked fool, he muttered, too proud to listen. Can you eat pride, Stark? Will honor shield your children? Cracks ran down his face, fissures opening in the flesh, and he reached up and ripped the mask away. It was not Robert at all. It was Littlefinger, grinning, mocking him. When he opened his mouth to speak, his lies turned to pale gray moths and took wing. So this is kind of like a dream that he's having or like a vision that he's having. And it's interesting to me. Uh, a couple points are interesting. Uh, first... Robert saying, you know, can you eat your pride, Stark? Like, will honor shield your children? Because Ned went to King's Landing full of pride, full of uh, almost entitlement to people's loyalty. Like, he felt entitled to it um, and honor. And now he's in this fucked up position. And I feel like it really sets the tone. Like, Ned Stark is one of the characters that really set the tone for what the Game of Thrones is. It's a cutthroat game. You can't you can't play with honor. You can't play with all of these uh, right in these right ways that you deem as right because nobody else is playing by those rules at all. And that's I think whole Stark family like in their heads the rules not the same. 
Catalan, the kids, all of them. Yeah. Like, especially everybody in King's Landing. Everybody is like, everybody politically savvy, out for themselves. They just wasn't prepared at all. No, it's kind of like, I, I, I wish he never, like, I know he had to leave Winterfell for the story to, like, happen the way it happened, but the North and the South is, like, night and day. Like, the politics of the North and the politics of the South are night and day, and he should have stayed his the ass North, in the North. Yeah. 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 He you say what stayed. you mean, dead in open space. None of that. Schemes and plots and stuff. And they all live by a code. Yeah. I mean, of course you have, you're going to have shady people. You're going to have shady people like Bruce Bolton. Like you're going to have people like that. But at the end For of the, the most day... Part, yeah, the entire North, like you said, live by the same codes, morals. Because like even even though they, they with the phrase, they still saying, you know, we ain't forget. Like, this messed up stuff. Like, we ain't forget about it. Right. And a lot of what happened to Rob Stark is because Rob Stark lost the respect of his men, some of his men. But... I feel like Bruce Bolton, Rickard Carstark, they would have never turned on Ned Stark. No. They would have never turned on him. No. Um, so he has another interesting dream, I guess. He says it was the year of the fall spring, and he was 18 again, down from the Erie to the tourney of Harrenhal. He could see the deep green of the grass and smell the pollen on the wind. Warm days and cool nights and the sweet taste of wine. He remembered Brandon's laughter and Robert's berserk valor in the melee. The way he laughed as he unhorsed men left and right. He remembered Jamie Lannister, a golden youth in scaled white armor, kneeling on the grass in front of the king's pavilion and making his vows to protect and defend King Aerys. Afterward, Sir Oswell went to help Jamie to his feet. And the white bull himself, Lord Commander Sir Gerald Hightower, fastened the snowy cloak of the king's guard about his shoulders. All six white swords were there to welcome their newest brother. Yet, when the jousting began, the day belonged to Rhaegar Targaryen. The crown prince wore the armor he would die in, gleaming black plate with the three-headed dragon of his house wrought in rubies on the breast. A plume of scarlet silk streamed behind him when he rode, and it seemed no lance could touch him. Brandon fell to him, and bronze Jan Royce, and even the splendid Sir Arthur Dane, the Sword of the Morning. Robert had been jesting with John and the old Lord Hunter as the prince circled the field after unhorsing Sir Barristan in the final tilt to claim the champion's crown. Ned remembered the moment when all the smiles died, when Prince Rhaegar Targaryen urged his horse past his own wife, the Dornish princess Ilya Martell, to lay the Queen of Beauty's laurel in Lyanna's lap. He could see it still, a crown of winter roses, blue as frost. Ned Stark reached out his hand to grasp the flowery crown, but beneath the pale blue petals, the thorns lay hidden. He felt them clawing at his skin, sharp and cruel, saw the slow trickle of blood run down his fingers and woke trembling in the dark. Promise me, Ned, his sister had whispered from her bed of blood. She had loved the scent of winter roses. God save me, Ned wept. I'm going mad. So that is our first real introduction to the tourney at Harrenhal, which I feel is one of the major, major plot points. Well, major, major plot points like backstories of this actual story. Yeah, I think the whole story, like, really stuck. Well, the Song of Ice and Fire story definitely starts right there. For sure. Like that. So the tourney of like moments from history that really are pivotal and important to the A Song of Ice and Fire story is definitely the tourney at Harrenhal, the Battle of the Trident, um, the killing of the Mad King, bur- burning of Brandon and Ned. I mean, Brandon and Rickard Stark. Were you saying something? I said uh, the Tower of Joy. Yeah, the Tower of Joy. For sure. A lot of stuff happened all before, off camera, off screen, whatever. That it's like all the information is pivotal to what's going on now. Mm-hmm. Um, little subtle hints here and there. Like, I, I love George Wright. I do, too. Like, the way that he puts in the exposition, like, he gives you just enough to where it doesn't take you out of the story that's going on in the foreground. But it you speculate a little bit. 
Yes. Yes. And it, he makes it so interesting. Like, not going to lie. I really want to know what the hell went down at the tourney in Her- of Heron Hall. I want to know all the ins and outs of the tourney of Heron Hall. It, and it's crazy because I was thinking about this the other day. Like, did Rhaegar Targaryen, do you think Rhaegar Targaryen really won the Giles thing? Or do you think that they let him win? Well, uh, you know what? You know, remember when at, at the, the tourney of the hand, Robert wanted to, to join and it was like, everybody will just let you win. So you might be on or something. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like, they're talking but about... at the who- same time, I don't know, because we got examples in the story of people not letting princes win or giving it they all against a prince and stuff like that. But um, that's a tough one. I don't know. But then they say that tournament was supposed to be a conspiracy against Aries anyway. So maybe they let him win like, like John the Fiddler. Right. So that that's kind of what I think is going on. So um, for the people that are listening, there is a theory, or basically, it's not even really a theory. It's hinted at in the books. Um, it's actually said in the books, I believe, that Rhaegar had staged the tourney at Harrenhal to get all the great lords together to talk about removing his father from the throne. And then Varys tells King Aerys, and King Aerys shows up at the tourney of Harrenhal looking crazy. like he comes in there with his hair all long his fingernails all long like yeah he just looks crazy when i think about it that it make it makes sense because guys has been trying to you know keep the crown at minimal power if you've been there you know preparing for agon or agon well see that that's the thing like everybody everybody would have been a better king right everybody says varus they really i believe varus is is a is a good person. I believe Varys really wants to bring stability to the realm, and no, that he can't want, he be. Want his people on the throne. That can't be. He wants a Blackfire king because if he wanted, if he wanted peace in the realm, when Rhaegar was going to replace his father, Varys would have let him do it. Yeah, he did. Uh, uh, by any means, made sure it happened. But no, if he, ba- if Varys, he wanted peace in the realm, he would have never killed Kevin. Lang. That's point facts. Back. Facts. I say that I say that all the time. Kevin Lannister is a prime example of why Varys is an awful fucking person. Sure, I mean, kill Pycelle. Kill Pycelle. Yeah, Pycelle's please, awful. Yeah. <laughs> Pycelle is awful. But when you kill Kevin Lannister, it's like, okay, he's a Lannister, but what? he's made all this progress and he's bringing peace to the realm. He's securing Tommen's reign. He's making all of these alliances and he's bringing he like, in the wars, everything. Right. He, he hold, he making, he takes Cersei power from her, everything. Like he doing everything to stabilize the realm, but you killed him because you want your people on the throne. And like, right. I feel like he just wanted Ned and Tyrion, you know, to keep the realm stable but separate like everybody at odds with each other but keep the realm stable until they was ready right because the he didn't even first of all they didn't even expect Daenerys to survive they didn't even expect Daenerys or Viserys to survive on the Dothraki Sea and then when like if Daenerys was to come to Westeros they only wanted her to come to start problems to, to cause chaos. Yeah. So, th- so they wanted a war to break out, but not until Aegon was ready to come home. Yeah. So then, while she in the middle of war, hey, I'm your long lost nephew. You know, <laughs> swoop in, marry me, have some incest kids. Yep. You know. So they like Varys is not a good person. Varys is all. not Illyrio a good person. Either. Like Illyrio, like all the hints show that Illyrio is a hard. I could tell you another another reason you can know Varys is not a good person. He cuts the tongues out of children. Yeah. He right. cuts the tongues out of children. So I'm trying to understand. Um, so I don't think that Rhaegar was in love with Lyanna. Like, I just don't think he's the type of prince. Like, he's the type of person that acts solely off of 
prophecy. Like he reads a book and then one day he goes to the yard and starts fighting, learning how to fight because he's like, I must be a knight. I agree. So for him to just say, fuck my wife and go and, and just fuck with Liana, I don't think that that's a thing. I think he might have grown to love her. But I think there was some kind of prophecy that he got from either the ghost of, well, I think it was the ghost of High Heart that led him to Liana, that led him to seek a Stark in particular. So my question is, so so the way I figured, the way, even, so so like you said, Ned Dream was first glimpse of the Tony and her and how we got, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, the big moment was him crowning Liana queen of love and beauty, right? Mm -hmm. My thing is like, how he knows to give her blue winter roses. Like, right. They, they met, like, yeah, that's this my theory. Liana was the mystery knight. He's, when Ari sent everybody after him, he caught her, they met, and they liked each other. Like, that's, that's, that's what I got from it. Right. I mean, that, I, I do believe Liana was the mystery knight. And yeah, also, how does he know her favorite flowers, though? Like, they never met. Right. And also, Rhaegar, that's why I think Rhaegar staged it to for him to win because he would have had to have that crown of flowers pre-made. Already prepared, right. That's why I think he staged it to win. And I feel like they let him win. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um what it was, the uh which uh mystery night story, one of those, like that's the exact same plot line, basically. Right. And, you know, another thing, like if it isn't that it, they could have just had they could have just had winter roses just because winter had just got finished. They think they think it's about to be spring, but it's not actually spring. But then yeah. again, like do winter roses bloom everywhere or do they only bloom in the north? I thought they were only in the north. So I think they're only in the north, too. So, yeah, I think I think. Rhaegar staged all of that shit. Yeah, even the tawny to get her there and everything, I think. Yep. And I, I think, think Rhaegar a lot more magic than we give credit. Oh, for sure, because he's so obsessed with prophecy and magic, which means to become obsessed with it, you have to believe in it. So if he yeah. believes in it, like, I mean, he was born in one of the most tragic moments of A Song of Ice and Fire, which was Summerhall. So he was yeah. born at Summerhall, and I believe that th- there was a lot of blood magic going down that night at Summerhall. It just didn't happen to work out. Yeah. So if he's born among that shit, of course, like, I, living... I, got, your- I don't know about that either, because so you are, you, are, you seen the little burnt maester letter of mm-hmm. what be what happened at Summerhall. Yeah. Like, at the end, it was like hitting that, like, something, something came, like, something... And came out of something, like you know what I mean. Um, I can't, I can't remember the specific word. I think it said "would have" if not for the Lord command, and then it stops. But I, I think they tried to hatch dragons. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's funny because I think it was Joe Magician that said that they might have saw Danny. They might have saw a vision, a dragon dream or something, and saw Danny because when Danny hatches dragons, she has like a she she becomes bald headed because all her hair goes away. Yeah. And Egg might have thought that was him because yeah. he used to shave his head and and tries to hatch the dragons. And Maester Eamon talks about like blood magic and the father before the son. So they both die princes, and we know. Or so they both die kings. So we know that Aegon dies oh, and then his son Duncan dies as well. Mm-hmm. So that's two kings, two kings blood. So which is, thing is like, what did he do? Did he drink wildfire like the one kid or like, I, I really, I think they probably tried to sacrifice Jenny of Old Stones. Jenny of Old Stones? Really? Yeah, I got, I just think she's like, uh, like part children of the forest. I think tried to sacrifice. I mean, I never thought about that. That's interesting. What I did think was that it's kind of similar. They tried to like do what Daenerys did. So they tried, they had two kings. So Daenerys technically sacrificed two kings, right? 
She's yeah. sacrificed called Drogo. He's a call, but it's a he's a, a call is just another word for king in right. Dothraki. And then her son, right? Her son died after, right. died after him, which was he died. Rago died. So that's two kings. And then a wood switch, a witch, a magi, which right. was Mary Mazdor. So all three of those components were at Summerhall. Ghost of High Heart. Ghost of High Heart survived. She survived. She survived, which is why I don't oh, think it worked. Oh, that might be why the magic didn't work. Right. And also I think it was it didn't work because it wasn't meant to work. Because yeah, they didn't, it wasn't time. It wasn't them that they saw in the dragon dream. It was Danny. It was Danny that they saw. Egg just thought it was him, maybe because of the bald head. But it's definitely, it was Danny. But that was um, Joe Magician had said that on like a, I think his summer hall stream like a couple years ago or a year ago. And I ever since then I can't get it out of my head that Egg saw Danny <laughs> in yeah, a dragon dream. <laughs> I thought it was himself. So Ned is in the dark. He's weak. He's desperate for water, for food. And then the door opens and he's like, who is it? <laughs> and it's it's Varys. So Varys comes in and gives him wine. At first, Ned doesn't want to drink it. But so Varys drinks it first because Ned's like, you know, like, are you trying to poison me? <laughs> and then Varys drinks it so he knows that it isn't poison. Um, and Ned asks about his daughters. He says, the younger girl escaped Sir Marin and fled. I have not been able to find her, nor had the Lannisters. A kindness there. Our new king loves her not. Your older girl is still betrothed to Joffrey. Cersei keeps her close. She came to court a few days ago to plead that you be spared. A pity you couldn't have been there. You would have been touched. He leaned forward intently. I trust you realize that you are a dead man, Lord Eddard. And Ned says, the queen will not kill me. Cat holds her brother. And Varys then breaks the news. Like, first of all, it's not Jamie. <laughs> it's Tyrion. And secondly, she lost him anyway. And Ned's like, well, if that's true, just slit my throat and kill me now. <laughs> and Varys kind of, Varys tells him, you know, your blood is the last thing I desire. And Ned is like when like you when the queen did what she did like you just stood there and Barris said and would again <laughs> like <laughs> and I would do it again like I I don't know what he expects Varys to do like Varys doesn't have an army like right he's barely a lord right if you have if you don't have the gold cloaks there's nothing like the gold cloaks was what he needed and he couldn't secure that yeah um, really yeah. I mean how like you're offering to pay Janice Slint gold cersei's making him the the lord of Hall. he's makes in one stroke she made him a great lord i mean he still can't offer more gold than the lannisters anyway i mean you know he can't out buy him but really he can't <laughs> really he, he he can't so ned asks varus can you get me out of this pit and varus says i could but will I? No. Questions would be asked and the answers would lead back to me. Ned had expected no more. You're blunt. <laughs> I mean, that is a positive when it comes to Bears, but he wasn't blunt. Like he, he should have, I wish he would have told Ned in the beginning, you know, everything that was going on. Um, But Ned also asks him like to take a message somewhere for him. And Varys is like, you know, I'll give you paper and shit. I'll read it. And if I like the message, I'll deliver it. If not, I won't. Right. <laughs> and um, Ned asked him, like, you know, what what, are, what do you want? And Varys says, peace. Peace, Varys replied without hesitation. If there was one soul in King's Landing who was truly desperate to keep Robert Baratheon alive, it was me. For 15 years, I protected him from his enemies. But I could not protect him from his friends. What strange fit of madness led you to tell the queen that you had learned the truth of Joffrey's birth? The madness of mercy, Ned admitted. Ah, said Varys, to be sure. You are an honest and honorable man, Lord Eddard. Oftentimes I forget that. I have met so few of them in my life. He glanced around the cell. When I see what honesty and honor have won you, I understand why. 
And basically, they talk about Lancel giving the king the wine. And I, I found it interesting because basically what Varys implies is that because Cersei found out what Ned knew, she sped up Robert to death. But I, yeah. I find that like kind of odd because Robert was already gone. So how? Uh, ravens. A raven to, to Lancel. I mean, maybe not a raven. Maybe a rider, because I mean they only across the uh, across the river. Yeah, Varys basically says that she wouldn't have waited lo- much longer in any case. Anyway, right? Yeah. So they were they were gonna kill him regardless, but she, once she knew Ned knew, it was like, boom! Get this get this message to Lancel. Get this message to my gods or whatever. Boom! Get Robert right. out of here. So, so I think even if the boy didn't kill him, somebody would have killed him. Yeah, they'd have, he'd have fell from his horse or some kind yeah. of shit would have happened. Or, or he'd have had a sickness of the bowels. Mm-hmm, like John so, Aaron. <laughs> everybody. Every, <laughs> every maester ever. <laughs> so Varys says, you know, I know that the queen is going to pay you a visit. And Ned's like, why? And he says, Cersei is frightened of you, my lord. But she has other enemies that fe- that she fears even more. Her beloved Jamie is fighting the River Lords even now. Lysa Aaron sits in the Eyrie, ringed in stone and steel, and there is no love lost between her and the Queen. In Dorne, the Martells still brood on the murder of Princess Ilya and her babes, and now your son marches down the neck with a Northern host at his back. And Ned is kind of like shocked. He's like, "Rob is only a kid," and Bear says, "You know, like it isn't." Any of them that are giving her sleepless nights. It's Stannis and Renly. It's Robert's brothers. And Cersei is right to be afraid of Stannis, for sure. And yeah, Renly Stannis, as well. Stannis knows a lot. Yeah, he still has an army at the time. Like, he got a whole, and he, he's the closest person to King's Landing. Mm-hmm. He's sitting in Dragonstone. Right. And Cersei, so, so Varys basically breaks down Cersei's nightmare. While her father and brother spend their power battling Starks and Tullys, Lord Stannis will land, proclaim himself king, and lop off her son's curly blonde head and her own in the bargain, though I truly believe she cares more about the boy. Stannis Baratheon is Robert's true heir, Ned said. The throne is his by rights. I would welcome his ascent. (laughs) Cersei will not want to hear that, I promise you. Stannis may win the throne, but only your rotting head will remain to cheer unless you guard that tongue of yours. And he tells him, you know, like how Sansa beg- begged for him in court. Um, and she, he says, Cersei is no fool. She knows a tame wolf is more use than a dead one. You want to serve the woman who murdered my king, butchered my men and crippled my son. And Barry says, I want you to serve the realm. And basically like you know tell the queen that you'll confess and we'll let you go um take the black and live out your days on the wall with your brother and that baseboard son of yours and ned says the thought of john filled ned with a sense of shame and a sorrow too deep for words if only he could see the boy again sit and talk with him pain shot through his broken leg beneath the filthy gray plaster of his cast he winced his fingers opening and closing helplessly is this your own scheme? He gasped out at Barris, or are you in the league with Littlefinger? So he basically says, you know, I don't fuck with Littlefinger. Like I make him think I fuck with him, but I really don't. But I don't believe that. You think he fucks with him? I think Littlefinger fucks with him. Like, so we know Littlefinger whole thing, like, don't let nobody know who your friends are mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And who is Littlefinger's biggest enemy to in everybody's eyes? Right. Uh, so I think I Paris. think even his 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 sigil was because he was one of the little birds back in the day. I think Littlefinger. Oh, that's crazy. People. I think that's his. They both are there to me. They're both the chess masters of Game of Thrones. And I felt like not seeing them get to go head to head or meet up again in season eight or it like. It just was like, come on, bro. Yeah, that. that oh, that's OK. Look. I don't talk about it. <laughs> I'm telling you, if my blood get the boiling, I'm get the cussing, you're going to get monetized. <laughs> leave it alone. 
<laughs> All right, I, we, won't, we won't have to talk about season eight. But I think it's interesting. One of the things, like, Ned basically is like, I don't care about dying. Like, I don't care. Like, I'm I'm a soldier. I've, I'm prepared. I've been prepared to die my whole life. And um, my like, my life is not that precious to me. And right. Varys says, what about your daughter's lives? What about your daughter's life? Think about Sansa. She's no more than a child. Rainey's was a child too. Prince Rhaegar's daughter, a precious little thing, younger than your girls. She had a small black kitten she called Valerian. Did you know? I always wondered what happened to him. Rainey's liked to pretend he was the true Valerian, the black dread of old, but I imagine the Lannisters taught her the difference between a kitten and a dragon quick enough. The day they broke down her door. Varys gave a long, weary sigh, and a sigh of a man who carried all the sadness of the world in a sack upon his shoulders. The High Septon once told me that as we sin, so do we suffer. If that's true, Lord Eddard, tell me, why is it always the innocents who suffer most when you High Lords play your game of thrones? Ponder it if you would, while you wait upon the Queen, and spare a thought for this as well. The next visitor who calls on you could bring you bread and cheese and the milk of the poppy for your pain. Or he could bring you Sansa's head. The choice, my dear Lord Hand, is entirely yours. And that's how the chapter ends. But I want to talk about why I think Ned chose to confess. I think there are two main reasons. I definitely don't think it was for bread and cheese. No. It wasn't for bread and cheese. It was definitely for one, for John. One of the main reasons I think he confessed is because he knew he that John now. he would be able to tell see John, tell him the truth. He'd be able to, you know, spare his children. I also think that was the second reason to save his children. Um, yeah, I think, I think it was for Sansa and John definitely, but I think it was like, oh, it was stupid anyway. Like, why would you tell Cersei you know anything before you secure your kid? Because you know they kill kids. You know they. Right. The whole, a whole, your whole big beef with the Lannisters is they came late and they killed children. Like, so why would you think your your children is exempt? Uh, he doesn't like, he doesn't ever think about his own children. Like, even when right. he's talking about Rhaenys and Aegon, he's thinking like that applies to Joffrey and and, and Marcella right. and Tommen. He but he never thinks about his own kids, and it it's kind of like ignorance in a sense because he kind of comes to king's landing with like i'm ned stark like i'm a great lord of westeros like i'm not in danger my children aren't in danger even though he says it time and time again we've come to a dangerous place but you don't really act like it's that dangerous especially to your to your kids and then i feel like after lord brawling you know he's figuring out everything with uh the kids not being Robert and they had the law fight in the street and his man got killed. He was just emo- he was acting on emotion for real. Like he wasn't thinking nothing. Through. He was just like, no, I'm gonna tell the truth about them. I'm gonna get them out of here. What? Uh, yeah. Like, he, he just played it. He just played it so stupidly. Like secure, make sure you secure before you reveal what's going on. Yeah, and to be honest, like it they gave him for what he did, even though what he did was right, in their opinion, he's wrong as shit for that. And he is a traitor to the king. So for them to give him that deal to go to the wall and to spare him, that is, you know, a good deal. It is a good deal. And yeah, that deal, that deal sound like he might not be lying. Like, no. Nah. <laughs> like, right. And at any point, he could have said, fuck these vows fuck all this and he could have like i mean he still could have aided stannis like stannis like if he'd have got to the wall and stannis would have been fighting in the wars and all that shit and when stannis became king stannis could have like first forswore his vows like said i i I grant grant you clemency you don't have to be on the wall right because he he was there uh and for a wrong reason anyway so why couldn't he just like how they legitimized bastards. Um, right. Can, you know? Just how, and just how, like, the king can do what he wants. Just like how right. Joffrey, like, 
told Sir Barrison, like, you're not a Kingsguard anymore, even though those vows are for life. Right. So the king can do what he wants. So I and I think Stannis would have granted him that because like he supported his claim early on. Yeah. And Stannis is the fucking reason he's in he's he's in this situation. But what Cersei well, doesn't Catelyn take Catelyn is the reason he's in this situation. She is the root of all evil. No, I would say he is the reason he's in this situation. Yeah, yeah. But Catelyn definitely when she took Tyrion to put him against the wall. Everything. Everything kind of did just sabotage. Everything. She gave some good advice though to to, to Rob, but yeah, and sometimes she, he didn't. She listen. tried to take actions into her own hands. She always going. I'll never forgive her for uh, freeing Jamie. Ah, if if she well, freeing Jamie did get everybody killed basically. If she if they would have still had Jamie, Tywin Lannister would have never. Tywin Lannister would have never tried to do it to join with Roose Bolton and the, the phrase because yeah. Jamie would have been in imminent danger. Yeah. So it was the yeah, fact that it was the fact that Jamie was free. And that, like the Car Starks, if she didn't free Jamie, the Car Starks would have never turned on Rob. Right. That weakened the army. Yeah. So I, I funny. Yeah. I I I mean I feel like every time she take action herself she ruined everything like taking terry and like even coming to king's landing was just like dumb like you could have sent any you could have just sent uh sir roderick like why did you have to go or theon why did you have to go <laughs> or theon nobody would have known who theon was right. well i mean robert would have known like the people that were in winterfell would have known but that was it 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 a lot of what she did. Somebody inconspicuous. They're not going to recognize Hollis Marlin or somebody you for just a regular guard. Right, gonna, right, right. You, know, so you can send anybody, but you chose to go yourself because you wanted to. She wanted to be in the mix from her very first chapter. Right? Mm-hmm. She, she was making stuff move, making John move, and all that from the, her very first chapter. Yeah, and I would say like. Catelyn, I feel like George writes her like that on purpose. Like he writes her to be like an emotional mother that acts off of emotion for her children. So how I rationalize Catelyn Stark is what she, the things that she does, she's doing them out of emotion and she's doing them what she feels is protecting her children. And, and you see it in those, when she's still Catelyn, her moves how stu- however stupid people think they are, they're political. They're very political. Yeah, um, she, she she know how to look good to the public. It's the mm-hmm. same base. But she when she's but when she's Lady ways. Stoneheart, she's just capping people. But I, I still feel like she even the reason Rob got killed because Rob never told you to go in there and make America ring. That's true. Like, but Rob accepted it. it. But you Rob accepted I mean? it though. I mean, it would have never been probably. It I probably was like, I don't got no choice now. I don't here. think I don't even think she should have been the person that went in there to negotiate with Walter Frey. It should have been the I black. Don't. It should have been the blackfish. Yeah, it definitely should have been the blackfish. It, it oh no, they, they they wasn't with the blackfish. That I thought. Yeah, they, he was there. He was there. Oh, he was there. He was there. He came down from the area with her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it should have been the Blackfish because he got he gonna respect them. You feel me? It's not gonna put Rob in danger. Like I feel like she just every time she take matters in her own hand, she just screw her family over. Right, and like who is Walder Frey to ask for all that? Like he didn't just ask for Rob to marry his daughter, one of his daughters. He wanted Arya to marry one of his sons. One like of his sons, it right. was like so much shit that he asked for. And I guess in Walder Frey's defense, Tywin Lannister's sister is married to one of Walder Frey's sons, I think. Yeah. So he was kind of torn between two sides. But at the end of the day... He wasn't torn. Walder Frey is on his side. You know that. I know. But for him to make a decision on who to choose, he first of all, he doesn't choose until battles are almost won. We see that with the on the Trident. He doesn't choose until battles. Like, he doesn't come to the Trident until the fighting's over. 
It's like his army he, doesn't he, get there. He wasn't going to let them through the bridge, even though Catalan is his fa- uh, father, is his liege lord. He wasn't going to let them through without a marriage to the to the future king. If y'all win, yeah. So he like he was. It was all about himself from the beginning. When he felt like he got slighted, and he felt like they let Jamie go, they going to lose anyway. Yeah, get him out of. To her credit, though, she did tell Rob that she doesn't trust him, and she did tell Rob that. So why would you arrange a marriage? He shouldn't with, trust him either. Hmm. So why would you arrange a marriage with, like, I'll be like, we're going to have to discuss the terms after the war. Either that, or we're going to seize you right here. Like, <laughs> can't go south, our people south. Like, what you going to do? Yeah, I, I think the, that, the cruelty, the cruelty of all of it, the cruelty of all of it is that Ned dies when he crosses Ned the dies. Like, Rob is in such a hurry that Rob will do anything to cross this bridge to go save his father. But then once he crosses, Ned dies. And that's, like, how like how cruel it is. But Kat gives him a lot of good advice. He doesn't listen to her, especially when it comes to Theon. Like, he's like, she's like, I mean, don't I send like Theon. Was, I feel like I don't really blame him for not listening about Theon, only because that's Kat personality she is spiteful like she treat john that way she did if it was john with them if john never went to the wall and john was at war with them and he said i want to send john to go treat with somebody she's like no i don't trust him you shouldn't trust him he's going to trade on you but she doesn't she doesn't it's not that she doesn't trust theon she doesn't trust balon yeah she don't trust theon well i mean yeah but i think her main concern is balon balon did exactly what she <laughs> yeah like and 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 you you could tell that theon is very like approval conflicted. seeking conflicted and approval seeking so mm-hmm. i think she was right about that but and she was also right when she said any man that gray doesn't like i don't like <laughs> yeah that's that's that was the realest thing she ever said yeah but we got so off topic <laughs> uh, very, very off topic <laughs> But so that was Ed, that was the last Ned Stark chapter. That was Ned fifteen. We will never see the inside of Ned's mind again. I want to thank you for coming on, and it was a good time talking about Edard and Cat and all of the <laughs> stuff we got to talk about. And I will see you guys next week. Bye.